Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going on everybody welcome back to another edition of the football function podcast as always i'm your host michael ritter and today we're going to be talking about the nfc north continuing our division breakdown series but also trying to catch you guys up on everything that's been going on around the nfl over the past two days so as i'm sure you're well aware of monday the 15th is whenever the legal tampering period began wednesday the 17th is whenever the actual free agency period begins So that 48-hour grace period is basically there just so agents and teams can set up the framework for all these contracts. And whenever free agency period begins, you basically see the deals happen like they have been the past couple of days, just basically flooding in out of nowhere and no shortage of excitement around this time of year. The first two days of free agency are usually always the most busy. It's really hard to keep up with all of it. Actually, it's pretty impossible Even whenever I was taking notes here, just trying to keep track of everything that went on, I noticed a lot of these deals that went completely over my head and just out of my radar as a whole. So there was a lot of things that I missed and had to catch up on. So hopefully this podcast will be helpful to you and you'll be able to be a little bit more up to date on all of the news and transactions that have happened over the past couple of days. And we'll start out here before the actual tampering period began on March 14th, which was that Sunday And this is basically whenever teams are trying to get those last-minute deals done with their own free agents before they officially hit the open market. And there were actually a couple trades here. Houston made two, trading Bernardrick McKinney to Buffalo for edge rusher Sack Lawson. And then they also traded for Marcus Cannon from New England, the right tackle, in exchange for a pick swap in rounds four through six. So the Texans and the Patriots will basically just switch picks in all of those rounds. And then when you look at the re-signings, Green Bay was able to keep their superstar running back Aaron Jones on a four-year, $48 million contract. San Francisco kept fullback Kyle Juszczyk on a five-year, $27 million contract. Buffalo keeps guard John Feliciano there in town on a three-year, $17 million contract. And then Chicago retains their defensive end Mario Edwards on a three-year, $11.6 million contract. So not too many deals there made only four and the rest of the free agents were actually on the open market officially on Monday where their agents were able to contact teams and let the games begin from that moment on. Um, As you know, a lot of teams just started spending money and really didn't look back. And the Patriots are one of those teams in particular on the official legal tampering day, March 15th, is whenever they really got busy. They signed eight unrestricted free agents, so they brought in a pretty good, decent amount of people on the first day. I mean, this being the very first day of free agency, which ultimately lasts around a whole month, 
they really were active on this first day trying to get a lot of the important pieces that they thought were going to come in and make their team better. Also keep in mind the players that they're going to get back next year. They lost, I think it was like eight starters on defense from opt-outs alone. So this is a team that's going to probably make a pretty big jump considering some of the signings they've made. Another team that signed a lot of players on the first day was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They sound, or they signed seven, but not too many big-name players, and there was actually well over 39. I mean, I wrote down 39 names here in terms of just signings that I thought were noteworthy, but I actually highlighted the important ones so I can kind of just run through those for you. But just basically to put it in perspective, I mean, this was the very first day of free agency. I mean, free agency really hasn't even started yet. It was the legal tampering period and there were well over like 45 to 50 signings just in that one day or just transactions in general so you can tell it's going to be a very active off season and there were quite a bit on the second day as well too but I mean that's usually the case the first few days are usually pretty active you got deals just flooding in left and right and then things start to slow down and a lot of those mid-tier free agents start to get signed by the teams with a little bit less cap space than the teams who Went on a shopping spree at the beginning of free agency, getting all of those high-priced free agents. And hopefully they were able to make their team better. I know that's a formula that sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't. So it's you really got to trust your evaluators and know that you were making the right decision there because you can definitely lose your job if you are paying the wrong guys. But just some other big-name players here who got signed on the 15th on that first day. You got safety John Johnson. He signed with Cleveland. Trey Hendrickson, the former Saints defensive end, signed with the Bengals. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick signed with the football team. And then you have Kansas City picking up the top guard on the market, Joe Tooney. And then New Orleans signing Jameis Winston. Baltimore went and got guard Kevin Zeitler, maybe finally replacing Marshall Yonda. We talked about that on the AFC North episode. And then a couple edge rushers stayed with their teams that they played on in the 2020 season. Tampa Bay kept Shaq Barrett. And Detroit kept Romeo Aquara. And then speaking of pass rushers, Carl Lawson, one of the most underrated players in the league, who I mentioned also on that AFC North episode, he actually signed with the New York Jets, so he finally cashes in. Another pass rusher, Leonard Floyd, you kind of notice a trend here. Maybe the not-so-deep pass rushing class that's coming out in the NFL draft is leading teams to spend early and maybe overpay on some of these pass rushers just to make sure that they get their guy. But continuing on here, Rob Gronkowski Um, signed a one-year deal to remain with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. San Francisco gets cornerback Jason Barrett to sign a contract. And then the Chargers sign Corey Lindsley, make him the highest-paid center in the league. Houston signs Andre Roberts to be their return specialist. He's a Pro Bowl return man, so that's actually a pretty good signing there. And then the Las Vegas Raiders get in on the action after basically dismantling their entire offensive line. They finally decide to start adding some pieces, and they get pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe. And then Bud Dupree, another edge rusher, finally finds a home, and he signs a five-year, $82.5 million contract with the Tennessee Titans. Day two wasn't very much less eventful. I mean, there were well over 20 signings here. Headlined by the New England Patriots double-dipping on tight end. They go get Hunter Henry to go along with Jonu Smith and sign the top two tight ends on the market. Jacksonville actually gets a number one wide receiver in Marvin Jones. That deal actually went very under the radar. It was one that I didn't notice until I started doing this prep. And Jacksonville also gets cornerback Shaquille Griffin, so a cornerback one and a wide receiver one on the second day of free agency. I think that's a move or moves that are going to go under the radar until the season actually hits. And then what arguably might be tying Hunter Henry for signing of the day is Emmanuel Sanders going to the Buffalo Bills. And I just think that's a that's a pretty good value signing whenever you look at what he's going to bring to the table. 
They already have Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley there and a pretty solid running game. So giving Josh Allen another weapon like Emmanuel Sanders, sorry, his name slipped my mind there a little bit. But, I mean, he's just really – he's had success everywhere he's gone. The Saints were the only team that he didn't reach the Super Bowl with. And the Bills are right there on the doorstep of that. So maybe bringing in Sanders to bolster this wide receiving core can be exactly what the Bills need. And then we're going to move on a little bit here to some contract restructures, starting with my Atlanta Falcons. Actually, Matt Ryan restructured his contract to create $14 million in cap space, which is much needed. And then the Los Angeles Rams restructured Jalen Ramsey and Robert Woods to create $20 million in cap space. And then we had a few retirements. Green Bay Packer legend Tremont Williams and then Houston Texans defensive end Andre Brown and Las Vegas tackle Donald Penn. Those were the three retirements that happened there. And then we had some cuts. Obviously, those are also going to happen here in free agency. The Lions cut Chase Daniel and Danny Shelton. Tennessee cut Dennis Kelly and Adoree Jackson. Pittsburgh cut Vince Williams. Kansas City cut running back Damian Williams, and the Las Vegas Raiders cut their all-pro center Ron Hudson. And that is pretty wild, the Hudson one. He is definitely going to find work very soon. If your team needs a center, or I mean, he'll be an upgrade on, I'm not even joking, like 90% of the teams in the league. I think I saw a stat earlier today where he has over 3,000 pass rushing snaps over a certain amount of time, and he's only allowed three sacks in that same time span. So he's definitely as consistent as they come. And he will definitely bolster your offensive line. So if that is a team or a need that your team has, he is definitely something to look at at the very least because he can certainly upgrade your offensive line, even if your starter there is already pretty good. I mean, like I said, this guy is almost as elite as they come. So that should do it for the news that happened over the past few days. I know that was a lot, almost 10 minutes of the – the first 10 minutes of the show basically were dedicated to this. So – we will now be able to get right into the NFC North breakdown, starting with the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears, head coached by Matt Nagy, general manager Ryan Pace. They were $19 million over the cap as we went into free agency, so I'm sure that they were not able to re-sign a lot of their players, at least at the very beginning, and had to make some restructures to try to create a little bit of cap room and get that number back to zero and completely out of the red. And it's very possible, as you guys have figured out by now, but they do hold the 2020 pick in the NFL draft. That's what you get whenever you make the playoffs, but you get bounced out right away. You're right there towards the back end, the back middle of the first round. They obviously lost to the Saints in the wild card round after going 8-8 eight and eight and finishing second in the division. 30th ranked offense, 12th ranked defense. And the Bears started 5-1. and one. Start 2020 and then lost six in a row to drop to 5-7. and seven. And then they put together a three-game winning streak scoring 30 points a game in four straight games, which is something they haven't done since 1965. So that tells you basically how this team has not really had firepower on offense, to say the least, over the past like four or five decades. So that says a lot about the Chicago Bears, but their defenses have made up for that as they've been basically what's carried this team for that entire time. And this Bears defense, on as the team sits now, is really what's holding all this together. Because, I mean, we all know what's been holding this team back. And it's the quarterback position. I mean, it's plagued them for years. And that was definitely the case in 2020. Their inability to find consistent play from that position might have caused them to miss their championship window with that elite defense. 
Let's hope not. But they did franchise tag Allen Robinson and then sign Andy Dalton in free agency. So I'm not sure if that's – I mean, it's definitely an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky, I guess you can say, but not that much of an upgrade. And it still makes you feel sorry for Allen Robinson that he has yet to play with an elite quarterback in his career. And still he's been able to put up some pretty solid numbers, so you can only imagine what he would do if he did get an elite quarterback. But speaking of elite quarterbacks, Russell Wilson is a name to watch here. He's been floated around a lot. We're talking about the Chicago Bears, and it's been rumored that they are going to go quote-unquote all-in or try to swing heavy and try to get him. It's going to cost a lot, though. I mean, you could already sign Khalil Mack, part of that deal, probably like two or three first-round picks, and that's just to start the conversation. Russell Wilson is going to be a very expensive piece if you're going to try to acquire him. So you're going to have to take apart a little bit of that championship defense if you want to go get him. But with this offensive scheme, what Russell Wilson will bring and the defensive pieces that would remain on the roster, I think it would be in pretty good position um, given with how their roster uh, set up with their defense and their running game. So I think that Russell Wilson, if he were to get traded to the Chicago Bears, which is a very big if at this point in time, I think that that would be something that all Bears fans would get behind, it, and it would ultimately make them be, you could say, immediate contenders in this division at least, um, already finishing second. I did write down team needs here is a quarterback, and even though they signed Andy Dalton, I'd probably still mention that as a team need, and also strong safety as a need here. I mean, you cannot um, go wrong upgrading that position. They lose their starter to Sean Gibson to free agency. So... That is a position they're definitely going to have to upgrade. And speaking of free agents, they have 23, including Mitchell Trubisky, Corderell Patterson. I mentioned Roy Robertson-Harris. He actually signed with the Jaguars. And then they re-signed their right tackle, Jermaine Effetti, but their long snapper is still a free agent. And that's just their starters. Like I said, they have quite a bit um, of other free agents there too, but none are too you know, impactful one way or the other. So I think that maybe if they do spend a little bit of this money to try to upgrade what their roster lacked last year. That might serve them a little bit better going forward to try to compete in this division. But moving on from the Chicago Bears, we will get to another team, and that is the Detroit Lions. The Lions are a team with a brand new regime coming in with head coach Dan Campbell, general manager Brad Holmes. The new regime is working with roughly $3 million in cap space, the number seven pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. They did finish last in the division in 2020 with a 5-11 and record. 27th ranked offense and dead last 32nd defense and we'll definitely touch on that defense a little bit ultimately they missed the playoffs looking at some free agents here as far as weapons go I mean they're losing basically everybody Amendola Mohamed Sanu Kenny Galladay Marvin Jones you name it Adrian Peterson they're losing almost all of their skill position players or at least all of their veterans they do have some young guys who are still on rookie deals but for the most part, they're going to have to really improve the skill position, um, all units, really, because they lost a lot of players in free agency. But as we look at the Lions, I mean, I mean, they did actually already sign Terrell Williams, who's a pretty good number uh, number two wide receiver. He's played for San Diego Chargers back in the day, and then he made a, a switch over to Oakland before they were in Las Vegas. And then ultimately they released him. But unfortunately, whenever you're talking about the Lions – there's really not a lot of positive things to say about their 2020 season. I mean, they were last in the division for the third straight year. One of the worst defenses in NFL history. I mean, they set franchise records and points allowed with 519. That was third worst in NFL history. Yards allowed, 6,716. That was also third worst in NFL history. And both of those stats are even worse than their 2018, which I'm sure you know went 0-16. So definitely nothing to brag about there. 
But this is going to look like a brand new Lions team in 2021. I mean, obviously, the departure of longtime franchise quarterback Matthew Stafford is going to have a lot to do with that, as well as several of their long-term weapons or their long-time weapons that they had for the past three to five years. A lot of them are going to be gone. And then, obviously, like I just said, factoring in the new era with the new head coach and GM. So this is just going to be a new team altogether. Losing all of their wide receivers, you have to put wide receivers number one on their team need. I mean, they already have a quarterback technically with Jared Goff. Whether he's their long-term answer or not, he's definitely going to be their starter in 2021, so you might as well get him some weapons to see what he can do. I also wrote offensive line. That's definitely important in seeing what a quarterback does. You want to have him upright. But you also can't forget the linebacker and cornerback position as well. So this team definitely has some holes. They're certainly going to be my last place pick to finish in this division. I just don't expect them to make much strides going forward in this 2021 season. And that doesn't mean that they can't in the next few years, but just what they are what they have stacked up against them as far as in their division, I think is just a little bit too much for that roster this year, especially whenever you look at the team that we're going to talk about next, who is the powerhouse in the division, the back-to-back reigning, defending NFC North champion, the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers obviously head coached by Matt LaFleur. General Manager Brian Guntekunst, they are $2 million over the cap, but, I mean, you've seen teams make moves who are much, much, much more over the cap than the Green Bay Packers are. They do hold the number 29 pick in the draft, which is probably the worst of all. Not necessarily that number in general, just being at the back end and you didn't make the Super Bowl, but you're still almost picking where the teams who did make the Super Bowl are. I mean, I've been there before. It's just not a fun place to be picking, but it's better than losing games, so you'd rather be picking there every year. Looking at how their 2020 season went, 13-3, first in the NFC North, second-ranked offense, 15th-ranked defense, ultimately lost to Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship. Looking at some of their free agents here, though, they are in pretty good shape. I mean, for the most part, they are, I mean, at least three of their five offensive linemen are free agents. When you look at center Corey Lindsley, guard Lane Taylor, and right tackle Ricky Wagner. Corey Lindsley already signed with the Chargers, and I'm not sure if they're going to bring back their right tackle or their right guard. So it looks like that side of the ball might have to for sure be retooled, that whole side when you start at center. And then obviously David Bakhtiari, their superstar left tackle, went down with an ACL injury at the very end of the 2020 season, which is just devastating. That usually affects the offseason and the rehab process. But the Packers, other than that, I mean, they're losing Mercedes Lewis and Kevin King. But, I mean, it's hard to overlook that offensive line and the retool that it's going to need this offseason. I wrote down here for the team needs, obviously offensive line, cornerback two, maybe an inside linebacker, and then a new and established wide receiver two. And who knows, that could be Devin Funches who opted out of the 2020 season. So he might be the guy who steps in in that role in the 2021 season. But speaking of 2020 here, the Packers are coming off back-to-back 13-3 and seasons. Number one seed in the conference in both years. But, I mean, you can't overlook the fact that they also lost the NFC Championship both those years. But at the end of the day, this team just really doesn't get the respect that they deserve for being a dominant team in a very tough conference. I mean, they're arguably the cream of the crop in a loaded NFC, yet people have the audacity to call them a quote-unquote fake 13-3 and team. I mean, I think that the way that their, e- or their seasons have ended in similar fashion has a lot to do with the uh, public perception, at least by casual fans. But don't let that fool you. I mean, this team is led by one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the position. And, I mean, they just locked up a top-five running back long-term for the prime of his career. I mean, to go along with one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, if the offensive line can get fixed, I mean, they're going to need to get retooled. But 
maybe add another defensive playmaker in the linebacking core, upgrade at cornerback too. I mean, if those things can happen, which isn't really a lot, it's not like you're asking them to bring in like superstar players. I mean, this team can really be where they were last year. And if you want to sleep on them, go right ahead because they'll probably just make an example out of your favorite team, give you the loss, and then go on to another 13-3 and season and lock up that number one seed. And you keep giving Aaron Rodgers chances, and eventually he is probably going to break down that door and get right back into the Super Bowl. So the Packers aren't necessarily a team I am even close to writing off going into the 2021 season. You can look for them to be a pretty big threat in the NFC and obviously a Super Bowl contender. But moving on here to the last team in the division we're going to talk about, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. Head coached by Mike Zimmer, general manager Rick Spillman, the Vikings are working with roughly $9 million in cap space with the 14th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. They finished 7-9, third in the division last year, 16th ranked offense, 30th ranked defense. That's just still crazy to wrap my mind around that the Minnesota Vikings, with Mike Zimmer still as their head coach, had the number, 30, number 30th ranked defense. That's just wild. I just I still can't believe that. They did miss the playoffs, obviously. But they started 1-5, so I mean, you can expect them to miss the playoffs. They lost five of their first six games, finished 7-9, and nine, worst record since 2014, by far the worst defense in the Mike Zimmer era. They did lose some pretty big names, though, departures like Linville Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin. I think all those were felt, especially when you consider the Yannick Ngakwe experiment was a complete failure. He was traded to the Ravens before the season was even over. They did have some bright spots, though, like Dalvin Cook having a Pro Bowl season, along with breakout rookie sensation Justin Jefferson. So you can expect things to look up on offense next year. They do have a ways to go before they catch the Packers, but they do have some nice pieces to build around. They did re-sign their tackle, Rashad Hill, but they're starting free safety, Anthony Harris, who is a very underrated, uh, underrated player in the secondary. He is actually going to test the market and likely get a pretty big deal or he should get a pretty big deal. If somebody doesn't sign him to a long-term contract, but they end up getting him on their team, it's likely going to be a steal and a great value signing. Their left guard, Dakota Dozier, is also a free agent and defensive tackle, Jaleel Johnson. So they're not losing too many starters, 19 free agents in total. But they do got to get the offensive line fixed and edge because Daniil Hunter is a name who's kind of been talked about as being unhappy in his current situation, and that is a nightmare waiting to happen. He is... By far the best player, in my opinion, on the Vikings offense and defense. When you just look at how important that edge position is, they're just tough to come across. They just lost Everson Griffin, and I feel like the reason they were comfortable parting ways with Everson Griffin is because they had Daniil Hunter waiting in the wings. He's just an already established pass rusher, came out in the 2015 draft class. He is just a freak of nature. I would, I would really kill <laughs> to have him on my team. So if he is on the market, I really hope that maybe the Falcons can make a call over there, but I doubt that happens. But covering the NFC North, I think that does just about do it. This is a pretty good division. Obviously, I just mentioned the Packers are a Super Bowl contender. The Bears, they get that quarterback right. They're a pretty scary team. The Vikings, for some reason, the defense has decided to completely wet the bed in 2020. If they can get that fixed, you can expect them to be a pretty decent team. And they have a pretty good offense with Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. They did lose Kyle Rudolph, but they already have Irv Smith waiting there. Maybe they can get a new tight end or some competition if they're going to continue to run those two tight end sets that they like to do. This is just a team that ultimately is better than their record says they are. So hopefully they can get back to a little bit what they really are. The Lions, I really don't know what to tell them there. That's it's going to be a rough season for them, but I definitely hope that 
everything get fi gets fixed in the long run because I'm not rooting for anybody's team to be bad forever. I mean, that's just not fun for anybody, and I don't, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. But once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. It definitely means the world to me. I'm going to keep these episodes coming out. We're going to have a Top 5 Friday again for you this Friday, so hopefully it will be a Top 5 that you guys will enjoy. And if you guys don't agree, like I said, let me know where I was wrong and what your Top 5 would be. I definitely am looking forward to seeing all that stuff. So thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.